Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Blaine and Mickey. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. More ways to win. With Blaine Bishop and Mickey Ryan on 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. You can tweet at Blaine and Mickey with your ding-dong of the week. You can also give us a call, 615-737-1045. Mickey out celebrating his favorite president. I'm going to continue to say that just because I know a lot of weird things. Who do you think it is, if you had to guess? I feel like he's a Theodore Roosevelt guy. I would have gone Teddy Roosevelt, too. I like Taft, the big fat guy. They couldn't get him out of the bathtub. They had to get a crane to get him. He got stuck (laughs) in the tub. How cool is that? That's a leader of the free world. He was too big to get out of a bathtub. Good for him. I'd love to get like that. If you get so successful that you cannot be lifted out of a bathtub, something went right in your life for you to get that big. I think we should celebrate Taft. Oh, man. We should celebrate him. Taft only needs one, his own day. Only one term, but, I mean, he only needed it. Hey, he probably, probably couldn't fit out of the White House. They were like, we had to put in a garage door to get this guy out of here. What's bad is, is Taft couldn't get out of the White House, and then they installed a pool for another president in the White House. Oh, you know, he would have been out there swimming in it. He would. By the, so what you're saying is September 15th every single year should be should be William Taft Day, I we should cel- celebrate it. Everybody gets a bodysuit, comes to work looking big as hell, and they're all thankful that they aren't that big. They can fit through the door walking in the right way. Blaine, you got a favorite president since his is Taft, apparently, and we, we've already said that Mickey's is Teddy Roosevelt. Well, I'm going to give how much, uh, not really, but, uh, you know, just because uh, I just read that he's going into hospice, so I'm prayers up for uh, Jimmy Carter. Oh. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to just say him, but I, you know, I don't really have a favorite. President of the people, a humble peanut farmer. Yeah. And he was hanging out when the Braves were winning a World Series as well. He was mm-hmm. right beside Ted Turner when he won that World Series. Yeah. When Marquise Grissom made that catch. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. Let's continue on our phone lines. Head out to Clarksville. Fudge, welcome in to Blaine and Mickey. So, Joe, my initial uh, ding dong was for you giving out ding dongs to sports you don't know the so, rules to. But <laughs> so you switched it. You switched it to me, or you got your own ding dong? <laughs> no, no, I got a, I got a reverse ding dong. Uh, goes out to Travis Pastrana. If, uh, if no one paid attention, so he went out, never raced a cup car. Went out and qualified his way into the 500. Wow. Led two laps and then finished 17th. Or no, he finished 11th, but he also, being the uh, adrenaline junkie he was, got to be in a wreck in the Daytona 500. So shout out to Travis Pastrana. Oh, okay. So you know all of this? Uh, yeah, no, it was because, huh? because again, when I was watching, and Fudge, we appreciate, about the, appreciate the phone call. Yeah. He During it, they were like, everybody is pitting. Except for Travis Pastrana, who is now leading the Daytona 500. Oh, that's how he got the lead. Oh, my. Two laps. Yeah, and, and so he was hey, leading, yeah, and then, and then it, immediately when it started back. But, no, he was right. Travis Pastrana qualified. He was in the race. And what people were saying was, if he even finishes the race, he should celebrate. Because he had oh. never raced in, in anything like this before. Like, he seriously was like, 
It was almost like Tim Tebow, except saying, hey, I'm going to go play baseball. Pastrana's right. like, hey, I've raced dirt bikes. Let's see what NASCAR's oh like. I've raced dirt bikes. I've done dirt bikes. I've done some skateboarding stuff. Let's see what it's like. Sean White just saying, you know what? I've done some X Games stuff. Let's see. Let's try something else. Let's oh. do that. And so that's you, so you were sharing for him at that point? Actually, it was kind of cool because yeah. you were seeing a guy that was just like, again, he had no Like a regular guy. You felt like you could relate. Oh, okay. I could, man, right. I attached to him. I, I felt like I could have yeah. done that, right? Because, nope. because look. <laughs> Again, I, I'm not going to admit, because, again, we've had people that have, that have said, I'm the ding-dong of the week for not knowing the rules for NASCAR. I get it, okay? But there is something about NASCAR that can be amazing, which is the reason why that was my ding-dong. It annoyed me because I was wanting it to be so successful because of how difficult and how much of a thinker sport NASCAR can be. Mm. Because you have to use math to figure out all the different, your fuel gauges, how much you've got to go down with all the different pieces of your equipment that you have to adjust on a pit stop and all this. Like it's a, it's a thinker sport and you have to know all the, these numbers and everything. I th- it's really interesting. Plus you got to know science. Like I thought it was really cool. And then it ends on a caution, man. <laughs> okay. I know that you might have killed somebody. It ends on a caution. It, uh, it went all the quiet whispers. It did. It did. <laughs> Yes. By the way, Emmett says on Zone TV, which you can hop in on there as well. Get in on the chat on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Jimmy Carter, Habitat for Humanity, set a very high bar for most presidential endeavors because he wasn't about the money. Mm. Do you know probably the greatest president, or a president that was probably the greatest athlete between all the presidents? Oh, since his president's day. Since president's day. Oh, I have no idea. You got to go Reagan, right? Reagan played college football. Didn't George Bush also play? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Bush. Bush. George H.W. Bush Uh played in two college World Series. Uh What? For Yale. Was playing first base, two college World Series for Yale. It's like 1948. It's like 1948. I mean, you know, was it Gerald Ford that was Gerald uh, Ford? Ah, uh, okay. okay. Gerald Ford. What did he? What did he play? Gerald Ford, Ford played center and linebacker for Michigan. Oh, he won MVP in uh, and center and linebacker. Not just that, Michigan won two national championships with Gerald Ford. Yes. Well, you, I know you know the years of these. Michigan won two national championships with Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford 19, 1932 and 1933. Okay, okay. There you go. Okay. Two national championships with Gerald wow. Ford. Okay. There's your there's that's, that is the most impressive. athletic president ever. Barack Obama, because everybody talks about him and playing basketball, Barack Obama did win a state championship on his high school basketball team. Ooh. I would throw Abraham Lincoln out there too. Did you guys know he what, was a very accomplished wrestler? Amateur wrestler. And it it oh. was said that he was never pinned. He lost he matches due to pinned? points, but he was never pinned in competition. Oh, it's a big oh, lanky, lanky dude, yeah, man. That's, there, yeah, that's, that's there was a story one time, and I, I can't. Again, I, I'm trying to remember the story that he somebody got into an argument with him in his older years and they wanted to he said that he was a wrestler and the guy actually challenged him to a match like in the street <laughs> did he take him up on it and abraham lincoln took him up on it and i believe he won yeah. <laughs> abraham lincoln is in the national wrestling hall of fame wow. boom dang 
Man, I thought it was special. We had this kid uh, went undefeated all four years in high school. Lance Ellis. Lance Ellis went yeah, undefeated. He went to IU and uh, tore his ACL, his knee all up, and then never nothing happened. Oh, that's that horrible. Undefeated in high school. Seriously? One state all four years. Yep. See, I'm crazy. At my high school cathedral, yeah, man. <laughs> wow. It was crazy. He'd be walking around with people and just boom, you know, because he was a light, you know, like whatever, 112 or whatever the weight was. Right. Like yeah. a featherweight or whatever it's going to be was called. Really, yeah, he might have got up to 125 or something, but yeah. Dang, that's still pretty impressive. By the way, uh, Theodore Roosevelt was a boxer while he was at Harvard. And Ooh. he made it to the finals of the Harvard Gym Championship, but lost because the ref missed an illegal blow. The dude... It was, it was it a low was, blow? It was a low blow, which means that was his ding-dong of the week. Oh, my. You did and not just do that. Boom! He, if it was he time just, for a break, he, he, I would go to the break. He just dropped his ding-dong. <laughs> Oh, that's horrible. That's that's Teddy Roosevelt. Legal blow on his reason why he lost. George W. Bush, he pitched at Yale, but he sucked. He wasn't like Daddy. Oh. Daddy Daddy played in the the College World Series. I think George W. may have made the freshman team at Yale, and he was a relief pitcher. Well, that's that's a lot of pressure. It's hard to live up to Daddy. It that's like the story yeah. of his life. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it really is kind of the story of his life. It really absolutely is. Yeah. Now, the other thing is the story of our lives is the fact that for what? Let me see. The next nine weeks, for the next nine weeks, the story of our life will be the two words NFL draft. That will be the story of our life. Ooh. Mock drafts are out today. But which one is better? Taking an offensive tackle in free agency or taking an offensive tackle in the draft? We'll have that next for you. 615-737-1045. This is Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. You can shoot us a tweet at Blaine and Mickey, where Beans McGee says NASCAR's not a sport. No. It's his words. Oh, watch out. Cousin Danny also wanted to remind us that not only did Abraham Lincoln, was he an amateur wrestler, but he also fought vampires as well, if you have seen that movie, which is so bad, but it is also funny just because of how the movie ends. If you haven't seen it, Let's just say he had an he had an, an option before going to the theater. That's all I'm going to say if you've never seen the movie. 615-737-1045 is how you get in on 1045 The Zone. But we have developing news. Oh, no. <laughs> you said breaking news. I'm just, hey, I'm just listening. Yeah, wait, There's wait. two things I was looking forward to on this show. That and the ending. That and the ending. Oh, those I are the two you. things I'm yeah, looking forward kind to of the most. Right? <laughs> All right, here we go. Jeremy Fowler says what? that the Indianapolis Colts have are, are expecting to announce Uh-oh. that Jim Bob Cooter, who is going to be their brand new offensive coordinator. If you don't know Jim Bob Cooter does, I mean, obviously you know who he is from the state of Tennessee, but he is the passing game coordinator with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, man. I I just want to say his name and working for the Titans. That would have been great. Jim Bob Cooter. You can't say Jim Bob Cooter without saying it with an accent. Like, you just can't. It's impossible. <laughs> I'm saying Jim Bob Cooter without an uh, accent. It's you just, don't think you would be able to say him like a, like, like a big fancy guy? Like, Jim Bob Cooter. Like, if he's on the golf course right before the, right before the Masters, now swinging on a one. 
Man. Now, my whole thing is you have to say his whole name. You can't just say Cooter. No, you can't you have say, to say his entire name. You have to say Jim Bob Cooter. Yeah, yeah. Does it break? It kind of broke my heart that I just now learned that Jim Bob is not his real first and middle name. What is it? It's actually James Robert. Jim Bob is is just what people call him. Oh, that kind of breaks my heart a little bit. I wanted him to be named Jim Bob Cooter. Happened. We got to x that out. The uh, I feel like it takes away from the mystique. Yeah, it does. I wanted him to always be Jim Bob Cooter from Fayetteville, Alabama, or Fayetteville. Actually, not Fayetteville, Alabama. Fayetteville, Tennessee. That's where I wanted him to be. But no, James Robert is his, is his real name, which is kind of sad on that. Do you, do you do you have a name that nobody you used to get called like when you were a kid and nobody called? You? Oh my heavens! No, uh, let's see. My, my real last name's Hunkapiller, so we've had Hunk-a-piller. Caterpillar, we've had Hunkabilly. I've had that one before because instead of calling me a hillbilly, oh. they called me a Hunkabilly. Is this true, guys? Is his real last name is Hunka? What? Real last name is Hunkapiller. Hunk a pillar. Yep. Oh yeah. Hunk a pillar. H U N K A P I L L E R. No, no, nobody ever told me. No. So the so the truth behind it, the reason why I got shortened to hunk, mm-hmm. was because my first or second day in radio, my first cousin was arrested for writing bad checks, and so her name, which was Hunk a pillar, was just thrown over every single news site. Hunk a pillar. So my program director said, "Okay, we're going to shorten that to hunk." Oh, so it's like, it's almost like, you know, that sounds cooler too. Also, you know, it's hard. Joe Hunk. Yeah. See, I I like Joe Hunk. Yeah. yeah. Joe Hunk a pillar. Yeah. See, that Uh, does, that doesn't go as, it doesn't flow as well. It doesn't. The only time I like the, the Hunk a pillar is when, is when Rhett Bryan says it at the end of a Titans broadcast Uh because he goes full God given name. Joseph Hunkapiller. He just goes full uh, thing whenever he's talking about the Titans yeah. and about the broadcast on there. So, mm. so there's that. Now, so what what is Cooter's real name? You said James James Robert Cooter. Oh, okay. Not the Cooter. That's really formal, but it's Cooter. Dang. Yeah, James Robert Cooter from Fayetteville, Tennessee, and he was the passing game coordinator, obviously for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Jeremy Fowler is saying that he is about to be the offensive coordinator now for the Indianapolis Colts. So hey. there you go. He's not going to be a Titan, but unfortunately, he's going to be a Colt. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Now the other thing is, is on Mondays, mock drafts get released everywhere. It's like mm. they're releasing like two and three a week, man. And it's crazy because the closer you get to April twenty seventh. You're going to start getting them daily and, and like, you know, two and three a day. It's almost like the, the bracketology, every single game. After every single game, Joe Lenardi has to drop a brand new bracketology. But the mock drafts are all coming out. Titans are sitting at 11. The, mm. the thought process, if you were to take a, a sample of all the mock drafts that are out there from credible sources, I'm talking about your ESPNs, your NFL networks, your CBS, not. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. 
When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real, because just business is better business. Visit JustCapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Nine out of ten will say that the Titans are going to take an offensive tackle at the 11 spot. Now, majority of them are saying Paris Johnson out of Ohio State is going to be your offensive tackle. But my question is, is here in a couple of weeks, free agency is going to start up. Which way would you prefer the Titans to go on that? I mean, obviously, my question for you is, would you prefer for the Titans to go out and get an offensive tackle that's proven in the league, that you know what they are in the NFL, or do you want to go the route that, People are saying the Titans are going to go and go with the Paris Johnson from Ohio State and go with him being your day one starter whenever the schedule comes out. And you know, week one, he's going to be the guy at the left tackle position. Well, you know, it's an easy answer what you want to do and what's best for the team, but also what is in favor of making those moves. And when I'm saying that, I'm talking about is, is this a good free agency year for awesome offensive tackles? And if I'm going to go pay the big dough for a free agent offensive tackle, I got to make sure they're going to be available. And which ones do I want and which ones am I going to play the big, you know, give them all what I need to give them. And the only guy I can think of is the uh, the Chiefs offensive tackle. Orlando Brown. Right. And, and that's the only guy I can think of off the top of my head that I'd say he's worthy of that money. And there's sometimes he's inconsistent, but we got to see him against some elite passers, pass rushers in the Super Bowl. And he. He proved that, uh, hey, all of them proved that uh, it was deserving. So I would favor in this year's draft and with free agency, I think they're going to go the route of drafting. Yeah. But with that being said, you got to cover yourself when, so you got to get, you know, the Titans have to get a veteran proven guy just in case your guy isn't there at 11. And so when I'm talking about now, that swing tackle, who is that guy? Just in case you need him to start maybe in a pinch for a season or for three or four games. So maybe you signed that insurance policy if you can't get your guy that way. Come draft, then you're not stuck in, I got to take this guy at 11. Maybe you take the guy in the second round and maybe get another really solid player. But I don't think this uh, free agency is big on offensive tackles. I'm pulling up now. Rhett Bryan gave me uh, this a uh, couple weeks ago. And I, uh, Fant is out there. Dennis Kelly, the undertaker, was a guy that I saw. But none of these guys are. But the McClinchy kid from uh, the 49ers who Rand would know really well, but he's a right tackle, not a blindside tackle. So then does that mean if you sign him, do you move Petit Ferrer to guard or do you make him your swing guy? Right. See, and that's how you elevate and then you then go draft a guy at the left tackle at 11. Now, sometimes, you know, people may move up knowing that what your needs are. So that scares other teams. So they will move up if, let's just say, they wanted to get that tackle or a tackle. Offensive tackle. So it's always interesting. I think the way this uh, free agency is, I think I would probably lean more towards uh, drafting an offensive tackle. I think it's a deep draft for offensive tackles. Uh, and you also, the caveat, if you can't get your guy, you can still draft another position, even though you need it. And just don't push the envelope if it's not there. And that's what's hard you know, not to do in a draft. But uh, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm cool with them going out there and uh, maybe sign an insurance policy. That That's it. If you can't get the top-rated offensive tackle out there, and that guy's a stud, and you can, you bring in the big bucks, if you got anybody in mind, let me know. No, no, and, and the reason I ask is because the Orlando Brown Jr. is 
is the white whale. Like if you mm-hmm. can draft or if you can sign him, great. That's it. right now. The athletic is saying that most likely the Chiefs are going to throw a franchise tag exactly. on him, which they did last year, right? They did last year, be the uh-huh. second year in the row that they did that. They and the reason is is because they still can't come on agreement for a long term deal. Is the left tackle position similar to, say, running back, where you start to hit the 30-year-old mark and you start to go, okay, I don't want to sign a left or right tackle that's over the age of 30? Because looking at the free agents that are available right now, there are very few that are actually below the age of 30. Orlando Brown, whenever the season starts, he'll be 27. But majority of the left tackles, like an Eric Fisher, for instance, he's 32. He was on multiple no, teams. No, that's why you didn't hear me mention him. He, yeah. he had an Achilles injury two years ago, and he's never reached the level since then. Yeah. So, so that's why he's not even on the table. Now, what I can say to your point, not necessarily maybe this free agency, but offensive tackles you judge differently than running backs. This is just a whole different ball game. If you're a proven starter in this league and you're at 31, 32, most of those guys can play, especially if you've been starting for a long time, usually go a long while. I'm looking at the history from the Runyons to, that, that I played with to Hopkins to the Fred Millers to you go down the list and, and you know, rules and we can keep going and going. And those guys can play. I mean, if LaJuan would have had injuries, he'd be a 15-year veteran type guy. That's That's the type of level of player. So most of those guys who are – Really good offensive blind side tackles that we, you know, you're going to play at least you're going to get 12 years out of those guys if, if you're a staple first round high level player. So what about somebody by the, uh, the name of, of Jason Peters? Do you know who he is? Yeah. No, you don't take him. 41 years old. No, but that shows he's still playing. They signed him at the middle of the, towards the end of the season. And I remember with the Eagles, uh, yep. Uh, who picked him up? What was the the cheat? No. After the Eagles, he was with the Bears, and he's and he was with the Cowboys. Cowboys. Year. That's yep. who picked him up at the end. I watched him play, and he actually did pretty good out there. I watched he started, and then then he got injured. See, he said all that time he looked good in for a game, and then the second game he started, I think he strained a quad or mm-hmm. a hip muscle, and they had to take him out and they had to shuffle their whole offensive line. Uh, so he and he still looked pretty solid. Uh, so that shows you they can they can go. I mean, if you're you know a proven dude that can play at a high level, usually you go pretty long. I mean, Eric Williams and all those guys, yeah. So it's not the same as running. Running back is in his own category. Okay, it, it, you know, as far as tread is thirty years old now. To a, to your point though, at thirty, that's when you start looking to say, okay, when is he going to start? How much many more years does he have at a high level? And you say, when will that down tick start? Every position kind of has its own animal of how much, depending on where and terror scheme you're in. Uh, are you losing speed? Are you not making plays anymore? Uh, you know, I don't think people are saying that about a corner. If he's 30 and he's still running really fast, you still start saying, ah, about that 32 range, though. Mm-hmm. Two years, it's like dog years. It goes really fast. You go, eh, I don't know. You know, like Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Oh, elite for a long time. And then all of a sudden he got to that 31, 32. He's like, eh, he's really good, but he's not what he used to be. Well, so. and, and the, the injury part of this is something that I think every Titans fan gets kind of thrown off with to begin with because of how many injuries the team has had. And I think that that's where another question is, especially with the Titans. In fact, that last year you had 91. I think this year was, what, 86 players that the Titans eventually played throughout the entire season. But you've had a lot of players become injured. Does that kind of stray you away from going, all right, this 32-year-old or this 31-year-old, what you were talking about with the body of art. Like Peters, for instance, he was great that first game. But then he started dealing with the injuries again. And here we go, another guy that's got injuries. Does that make you want to go, okay, let's go younger just so that we can stay healthy and make sure that our players stay on the field? Because I don't care how good they are if they're not staying on the field. Right. Well, let's talk about when you sign an older player. Mm -hmm. You, You brought him off the couch. 
at, at the end of a season. So you were already doomed from jump. So that tells me you were in desperation mode when you signed him. So that's a little different than if you sign him at the beginning of season. His role is you're going to be a backup. Somebody gets injured, so he's gone through training camp, knows your system. He's in top-notch shape. Not just to say he can't get hurt, but most offensive linemen, unless you get rolled up on, are pretty durable uh, most of the time. Uh, just uh, coincidental, the Titans guys haven't been, but in, in theoretically, most of those guys are, are pretty durable. So that was a high-risk, high-reward guy that you knew could come in and play right away. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't have, you know, in their situation, I might have done the same thing. But looking at it from beginning to end, I think I would be interested in some guy, but not as a starter. Not none of the guys you mentioned. They were high-level players in the beginning, but the injuries or what have you, maybe their play went down drastically or they got exposed about something that they do out there. None of those guys interest me at all. None, uh-huh. of, none of the 32 and up. No, no, no none of them for me. On the Zone TV chat, we've got going on. Uh, M. Sanders says that we need to take the best wide receiver that we can at 11. Otherwise, we need to trade out and to pick up another pick on that one. He thinks wide receiver to add speed, which I think I assume that when anybody says wide receiver, that's the reason why they're saying wide receiver is you want a deep ball threat. Is it is because you're not just going to want another guy that can catch the ball between 10 and 20 yards. You want a guy that can open the field up, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, let me go back to to my philosophy about receivers. Uh, First of all, you don't have to be fast just to beat people deep. Let's get that straight. Most of the guys in the league, uh, Derek Mason wasn't fast. Let's just use him as an example. When we're talking about burner, 4-3, and he's the best tight end, I mean, a receiver in Titans history right now, as of today. He sure beat people deep, though, Mm -hmm. all the time. See, so don't let the numbers fool you. It's all about route running and setting up the guy. Now, do you have speed? Yeah. Okay, so let's go. Jalen Hyatt, let's drive him. He's fast. Well, what if he gets in the league, all of a sudden somebody's in front of his face, and that guy's just as fast as him and just as athletic. Now he's not getting off the jam. He can't get off the jam. So his speed is irrelevant. So I think when you're talking about a receiver and speed, you must put in there, they must be able to be quick off the line. You must be able to be a polished route runner. And then... Everybody is fast when you get league. When I when I go into a game, I'm not saying, oh man, now there's always exceptions to the rule, but some guy was super fast like Randy Moss. But how many Randy Mosses are there? There was other guys that were really fast that play receiver. Uh so I, I don't think that's the prerequisite for me personally when I'm scouting someone is that they need speed. And I know Vrabel said that, that they need more speed. And he was talking about all positions. And I, I would pretty much agree with that. Uh I think you want all your receivers to all be different. So you want the short, quick, darty guy, playmaker. You want the speed guy. You want the route runner. And then hopefully throughout that whole process, then you're finding people who can get deep without saying he's some blazer. Because when you're playing some guy that's just fast, you're just playing for his speed. He has to also be able to run routes. Like if he can't run routes, there's a lot of fast guys that can't run routes. Uh, You go, well, dang, he's easy to read to run his routes because he, he doesn't understand how to tempo his speed. Uh, so for me, just getting someone fast and at 11, I I don't even like this. And this is hard for me to say. I don't think this draft is anywhere comparable to the last three drafts as far as receivers. Man, and you can go ask, go ask the people at the senior bowl. What was the, what was the best group? Is it receivers? Nope. Tight ends. See? So when they start sitting there, you start then changing how you're going about your process of how you're trying to get a come or accumulate positions. And you have to make decisions based on that. So they may be able to get an elite level tight end, but I mean receiver. I keep saying tight end receiver, but this team 
is built around Vrabel and being physical in the trenches. So that's much more important than wide receiver. I, I'm, I'm just going to say that right there. You can't block. You can't throw the ball deep to the guy, as we all saw yeah. all season. Yeah. So as much as they do need some. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kumal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen form of a deep threat i still have to and it's boring and i'm a skilled guy but go for that lineman you got to get that lineman well it's funny you kept saying messing up and saying tight ends at a wide receiver and some of the mock drafts they do have the titans taking a tight end at 11 oh I, i'm not there there's no tight end to me that in this draft is 11 yeah there's none that there, there's none to me guess what there's one coming out next year from georgia Yes. Yeah. Yes. You take him 11. You take game changers and playmakers at 11 when you're talking about tight end. You don't take a chain mover guy at 11. I just, I, I, there's, I don't, I don't think there's, I haven't recalled any tight end that's coming out this year that is worthy of 11. That's like dynamic playmaker type guy. Like what was a kid from Florida a couple years ago? Uh, the tight end, a uh, Pittman or, or yes, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, you're talking about the one that's with Atlanta, Atlanta right? right. Pitts, mm-hmm. yeah, Pitts, yes. right? Yeah, see, so yeah, that's dynamic. That, 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 there's nobody that looks like that. I'm not taking him in the first round. Not a tight, not for a tight end. Certain positions have value, and unless he's elite, do you take him in the first round? That means if he's an elite tight end, he's the number one, a unicorn like this year. There's nobody like him. You don't. You take pass rushers, pass blockers, corners. And now receivers, besides quarterback, that you take a high in the draft like that. You just you can't take those other positions. Other positions you can just fill in. Center, guard, D tackle. Not unless they're a unicorn, like my man Big Jeff. Yeah. Six one five seven three seven one oh four five before we head to break. Let's head out to Kingsport. Josh, welcome into Blaine and Mickey. Hey, how you doing? Doing well, man. Where are you up to today? I have to fix and go to work. I'm a first-time listener, too. I love, I love what I'm hearing so far. Thanks. Well, thank you. What do you think the Titans should do, man? I'd rather, instead of going blind in the draft, I'd rather have somebody I know my money's going to. Uh, you know, just because they're not renewed contracts or anything like that, don't mean they're washed up. I mean, they're still good players. Mm-hmm. So instead of going blind, you know, in the draft, you don't know what you're getting. They can come out, start the first game, and get hurt, and then leave. you got all that money tied up for nothing. All right. Okay. Thanks for that, Josh. We appreciate it, man. I can hear all of them. Did you hear Well, he basically what he was saying was is I think that he likes the idea of going to free agents for 
for getting First, a player instead of going to the draft. Proven commodity. Mm-hmm. Proven commodity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same reason why in college football the transfer portal has become so big because yes. you think this five-star can do something in the SEC, but you know this guy that's transferring mm-hmm. from, you know, even Vanderbilt because a mm-hmm. player from Vanderbilt transferred to Alabama last year. Right. Like, you know what he can do in the SEC, so I know what I'm getting from him. No, that's I, what I'd Josh agree. was yeah, saying. I, I actually agree with that philosophy, but that doesn't, you can't just say, put yourself in a box and say, well, this year's draft is horrible at wide receivers and you need a wide receiver. So you're going to, what I talk about, four still taking a wide receiver at 11. Well, if this year's not a good draft for first round picks at 11 for wide receivers, don't take that position. Then go look for a trade or a proven commodity mm-hmm. or your free agent signing that you do like and you know exactly what they can do instead of taking a roll the dice on. So they they rank every position group every year. And so every draft has a strength and a weakness. And this year's weakness is wide receivers as far as, as, far as top heavy. Mm-hmm. Top heavy. Not like has, hasn't been the last two or three years. They've been top heavy all over the place. So you say, well, then we may not want to take that in the draft. We may want to look in free agency. Uh, so I'm, I'm real big on that. You got to evaluate what year's draft you're coming out and what's the strength and weaknesses of each draft as well as free agency. So that's kind of how you make your decisions. Uh, doesn't always work out perfectly for you, but uh, that's why you know people make mistakes. It's a, you know being a GM is tough, you, especially drafting because you have no idea how the guys going. And they're taking uh, you know guys that meet measurables, and sometimes their production in in college isn't the same. Uh, it, it could be low, and they do great in the pros because they meet all these measurables and. Uh, evaluations that they think just like Will Levis, they're saying he's gonna he could possibly be the number one pick. Well, we all saw him. He looks great. He's got a big arm. He can run, uh, make all the throws. But why did he throw so many picks? Right. You know. So you know maybe they say, well, we can coach that on him. That was you know that was more coaching than anything else. Or he just believes he can stick it in there wherever. You know, just like Josh Allen. Oh, he can't be accurate. Well, all of a sudden, good coaching. Him working on the off season, he became a really accurate quarterback and one of the best in the league. Uh, so you, you just never know. It's it's a hit or miss. It's it's no right or wrong way, but you better make sure. When it's his first year, this is a critical year, not only for Rand, but also for Vrabel, mm-hmm. uh, because you want to make sure you hit on all those top picks because they have to contribute right away. 615-737-1045. You can also shoot us a tweet at Blaine and Mickey. Zone TV chat is going as well. Alvin's going to be our first one up when we come back here on 104.5 The Zone. Wrap it up, Blaine and Mickey, on this President's Day, 104.5 The Zone. 615-737-1045 gets you in on Blaine and Mickey as we got a little bit of time before Ooh. we hand it off 3HL. What's that? Ooh. Ooh, I said on the chat, man. Yeah, I love Marvin Harrison Jr. at 11, but unfortunately... He can't come out this year. No. Somebody told me that because I wanted the Titans to draft. He said, I don't think he can come out this year. I said, you sure? They were like, I am sure I would take him at 11. He, he cannot come out this year. Am I right on that? No, I believe you are because I believe he is a true a true sophomore. Yeah, yeah he's a true sophomore. Yeah. If he was in this class, he would probably be, the, be number the number one, one receiver. receiver. Yep. yep, he would be. He's a true sophomore. Twenty. He's a sophomore this year. 2021, he had 139 yards receiving on 11 receptions. And then 2022, 77 receptions for 1,263 yards mm-hmm. and 14 He's touchdowns. got it all. He's got the trifecta. He's got the size. He's got the speed. And he's got the route running. And by the way, let's not mention what his name is. So, yeah, yeah he's got four. 
It can, look, yeah, you could just... He, it, he, he, he hits all the buttons for me. It can erase some of the bad memories, okay? You <laughs> get the sun, then let the wait, sun wait, 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 erase wait, wait. some... There are no bad memories for me. No, not for you. <laughs> no, not for you, okay? Just every other team after you, yeah, okay? No, Robert was pretty fast. Though. I was making sure I was not getting a foot race with him. Let's make sure of that. If we're talking about uh, wide receivers, uh, M. Sanders says that either Jordan Addison from USC... Or yeah, Addison, yeah. Yeah, Addison or Quentin Johnson, which Quentin Johnson is getting a lot of people. There have been a lot yeah, of multiple, that's the TCU multiple, guy, right? Yep, TCU guy. A lot of Titans fans have voiced their opinion on wanting to draft him. I bet the Titans like his size and his speed ratio. There's certain things. I've watched him. There's sometimes I really love him, and then there's other times I don't like him. Yeah, and that's because I don't think he's good at. Uh, he's not a good polished route runner. I think he's very athletic. I think he has great size. Uh, he has speed. Uh, he doesn't catch catch the ball all the time with his hands, especially high pointing. Being a tall guy, I don't understand why he would do it sometimes and sometimes he wouldn't. Uh, so they're just questions. He's still he's he's going to be a good talent. I I just man, ooh, man, he he's the best. Man, we there's a receiver core here this year. It's just going to be okay. I, I think he's going to be a good pro player. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be a great player. Well, Sherman on Twitter commented in at Blaine and Mickey saying Michael uh, Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame, is the one that is getting a lot of love about yeah. possibly the Titans picking him at 11 if they were for some reason to draft take a, a tight end. Yeah, I don't think they're going to take a tight end at 11. Uh, actually, I don't You can get – here's my whole thing with tight ends. You can get solid tight ends through free agency and not giving up a whole bunch of money, uh, it, it, even though I want the Titans to sign Hayden Hurst. That's who I want the Titans to sign. I think he's a, a jack of all trades. He's really good at run blocking, pass receiving, all of it. Full back, split out wide. He can do it all. I think that's the guy they need. And then you can have complimentary pieces as far as tight ends at two and three with him, which you got Chig and then whoever else you want to have if you don't have Swain. So that's the guy I like in free agency, even though you're going to have to probably give him about seven, eight million. I, I, I think Hayden that's Hurst good. last year made $3.5 million yeah, I like Cincinnati. I like him. I think you can get him for seven million. All you got to do is go watch a video of how he earhold uh, Dupree and depleted him, and that's all I need. Because guess what? I want that dude on my team. Yeah, unfortunately, I hate that he got Dupree. He act like it was personal, like he hit this guy and and, and tried to actually annihilate him. And I, it's hard for me to say that I've ever seen somebody get hit like that. So it made me think it was personal and that Dupree got him when he was with the uh, Bengals yeah. and then he was with the Steelers. And they got that rivalries on that kind of level, and he hit him like that. I mean, he hit he him dead in the jaw. Yeah, he remembered and it. He for went all and time. got him, and he got him, and I'm like, whoa! I, I trust all of us being got got this played. So there's, a, I got my fair share, and that's that was payback. I mean, he took his soul. Let's stay here in Nashville. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. Alvin, welcome into Blaine and Mickey. That's embarrassing when they were oh, watching oh. that film. What's going on, bro? Hey, uh, I don't make a lot of tight fans, man. But have y'all ever thought about? Uh, just keep trading back, even if you have to trade out of the first round. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I've been listening to the, a lot of former GM analysts. They're saying that there's nobody there taking the first round. So just keep trading back. I mean, you you ain't got nobody that's explosive you can take in the draft. And another thing, why do we keep talking about keeping Ryan Tannehill? I mean, <laughs> the Super Bowl window's closed. I mean, yeah. what are we keeping him for? Just 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 to give him free money? 
Thanks, thanks, Alvin. Mm-hmm. Would it be asinine to think that, that Titans should trade out of the first round because of that? To trade back, get more picks in the second round, but also get talent, veteran talent from the around the NFL? Uh, here's what I can say about that. I would trade back in the first round to pick up two first round later picks. So I have two first round. Trading out, they just need too much. It, it's just too much. And not unless you're going to get something. It's really by, I, I just think I got to have a first round pick. I want two first round picks. If someone wants to trade up at 11 and give me, you know, some, you know, collateral, yeah, maybe I'll get a one and a, another three or something, but I'm not trading out. I trade down in the first round. I'm not trading out. Yeah. At Tannehill, you know, he's, he's just a good quarterback at this point in time. Look, something's got to happen with him. I mean, and most likely it's a reconstruction. Because as many free agent signings as we say we think that the Titans could make, they can't make any if they're over the cap limit. Mm. Mm. So, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know too much about quarterbacks. I said I would go with uh, Darnold and Dobbs next year. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. <laughs> People laughing at me, but that's okay. I, I'm gonna stick with that because I'm in rebuild mode and not retool like it's the Titans. True. You have you have said that three HL coming up next. You can watch them on Zone TV as well, Mickey. Fresh off his celebration of his favorite presidents, which we are saying is Teddy Roosevelt. We'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. But in the meantime, in between time, peace. Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennick. So Obliterated is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I had the best time. That's it was great. challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're this not. This was a it's dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. That's and if it beautiful. wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like, yeah, it like, was, hey, it was fine. Because yes. I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know, yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, wherever you listen.